We're starting a series of teachings this morning, and um, I've titled this one. Uh, it's going to be in line with our theme for the year. Um, the, the, the theme for this year is stronger, where, where, where God says he's making us stronger, or he's made us stronger, if I can put it that way. So it's a year where we're, you know, walking into strength and gaining strength in every aspect of life. Uh, so I, I, I want to encourage you to flow with us this year and enjoy the strength that God will give. When God started to stir my heart, I think around, um, um, around the month of October, as I started to pray about 2018, uh, and the, 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 the stronger strength started to come. Initially, I was a bit like, if God is telling you, all the people that God told in the Bible, Joshua, be strong. This is, you know, like I was preaching at the work night service, it's uh, a task that must come to you. Yeah, so I was wondering which one is, what is this about? And he said, no problem. For you to ascend to greater heights, you must be comfortable with greater challenges. Yeah. You must be comfortable with greater challenges. And my assignment, this is God speaking, is to increase your strength from time to time. Yeah. The Bible says there's no temptation that is taking you such as it's not common. Say God is faithful, he will not allow you to be tempted more than that which you can bear. So we serve a faithful father. So there's no cause for alarm. But we gain strength to face whatever may come our way. And so, in this first teaching series, Stronger, I've titled this uh, Power to Change Your Story. Power to Change Your Story power to change your story or strength to change your story sorry strength to change your story all right i'm going to be digging into a story a popular story in the bible this morning as we start out this teaching series i want you to follow me very carefully because i believe that god wants to turn something loose in somebody's heart this morning say amen if you believe that look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor your story is about to change because God is supplying your strength. Say, by the strength of God, your story is changing. I want to look into the story of the most popular set of twins in the Bible. By that, I'm talking about who? Huh? I thought somebody was saying Kenan Okay. Esau and Jacob. In those days, there were no scanning machines. So in Genesis 25, when you read from verse 21, 22, you see that Rebekah was troubled. So in verse 22, the Bible says, but the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is well with me, why am I like this? What was not open to her was that she was carrying nations and generations. Said, if it is well with me, why am I like this? So the Bible says she inquired of the Lord. So she went and inquired of the Lord. And verse 23, that's where I'm going. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall come from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. When you read the last phrase then you understand which will be stronger. Because initially, it didn't say which. Yeah. 
He said, one shall be stronger than the other. By the way, I need you to understand that when you use the word, use the word stronger, that means the other one will also not lack strength. It's just that one will be stronger. Yeah, one will be stronger. And he said, the older will serve the younger. By implication, it looks like the younger will be the stronger. Is somebody still following me this morning? So this happened to be the narrative that Rebecca lived with as she brought her children home. I can infer that along the line, Rebecca became emotional about this inquisition to the point that she possibly started to discuss some of these things with Jacob. So Jacob, by sheer providence, being the second to come, and you know something in Jacob had always been mindful of this issue of birthright. That was why when they were born, he held on to the heel of his brother. We are going out together. While he was yet in the womb, I don't know, but God knows, something told him, you have to be on your toes. It looks like providence is not going to smile on you. So, he held on to the heels of his brother. We're going out together. But he said this one came out first, still. Though he was holding on to the heels of his brother, but this one came out first. And, when that happened, It was automatic according to the rules, the tradition of when they lived. The first to come out will have the bad right. And that talks to the majority of the inheritance or things to inherit from their father. Secondly, the first to come out gets the blessing of the father, the progenitor, being the first. So he carries the blessing. But you know that this issue of blessing has always been by divine sovereignty, if I can put it that way. Because God decided, in the case of their father Isaac, that Isaac would be the son of promise. He was not the first to come out of the body of Abraham. Ishmael was the first. So the same things we're trying to play out here. Somebody following me carefully this morning. Yeah. So, Esau grew up with a mindset of I'm privileged. With a mindset of God has sorted me out. I didn't do anything to come out first, but I came out first. So, anything that is, I mean, that's right. So, he did not value providence. He just took it in his own stride. Whilst Jacob, with the benefit of divine wiring and motherly help, was living on his toes. How do you explain that while they were growing up, Jacob made a stew of lentils, a red stew. The other guy, Esau, whose nickname was Edom, Red, because he loved red stew. Tell your neighbor, be careful. 
You know what red stew represents? Figuratively, red stew represents your unbridled appetite. Yeah. Appetite. Because he had an unbridled appetite for red stew. So, Esau, like they say, he was very complacent about destiny issues. He thought everything was going to fall on his laps. Jacob was on his toes based on what he had heard. When Esau came in, and once Esau sought a favor from him, he was willing to quickly throw him something. Give me red steel. I'm famished. Jacob said, it's not going to be that easy. You give me your birthright, then you take this. Rather than Esau saying, ah, ah, brother, what is? <laughs> you know what he said? What is birthright to me, seeing that I'm dying? Has any adult ever died because of skipping one meal? Instead of saying, what is red stew? Compare to destiny matters. <laughs> he said, what is destiny matter compared to red stew? Esau lived for the day, not for the future. I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. If you live 2017, living for the moment, and unmindful of the future, unmindful of your old age, unmindful of your legacy, Unmindful of what your children will say about you. Unmindful of what history will write concerning you. It's time to wake up. It's another year. You can change your story. Can you say amen, somebody? Amen. You can change your story. You can change your story. So Esau said, what is this thing to me? You know, you can have it. Little wonder in the book of Hebrew, chapter 12, the writer of the book of Hebrew made reference to that particular scene in Esau's life, that particular moment in Esau's life. And this was how he captured it, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 16. Uh, uh, go to verse 15. He said, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. So it's possible to fall short of the grace of God. Yeah. He said, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this men become defiled. Verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. Verse 17 says, for you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. You will not miss your opportunities. And if you have missed any opportunity, it's time to change the story. I see God giving you strength to change your stories in 2018. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. I said in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. So, Esau found himself at a point in his life where Jacob had taken the bat right. And then in Genesis 27... What happened? 
Isaac was about to die. So Isaac called Esau, according to the order of life, and said, Esau, my son, I'm about to die. Let me bless you. Go get me venison, the type that I like. Isaac actually loved Esau. Go get me venison. Some of that day we're going to discuss the marriage. Maybe when we get into that series. Isaac and Rebecca is not a very good marriage. <laughs> Their parenting skills were very... yeah, Because one loved this one, one loved the other one. And they were all scheming. Well, at least Rebecca was the heavier schemer. Yeah. It was not a good way to parent. They almost turned everything upside down. So Isaac called Esau and said... Go get me venison that I may bless you. Like I said, Esau was not living on his toes. He was too complacent. He, he felt like God had sorted him out for life. He was not living for opportunities. When the opportunity came, Esau had to go back into the bush. May you not be inside the bush on the day of your opportunity. Yeah. Esau had to go back to the forest to go and look for animal. Where uh, uh, Rebecca was listening somewhere and quickly called our own team member <laughs> and said, Come, this man is about to release the blessing. You have taken the bad right? You will now take the blessing. Join. With this, you are stronger, finally. Yeah. Scheming. So, while Esau went out, Rebecca was preparing something in house and telling his son, Put go and wear Esau's clothes. Put uh, something on your body. You know your father will touch you. You know that she had taught about. Every, she knew her husband inside out. Yeah. Walked out everything, but follow me. I'm going somewhere. Jacob came, presented the food. I said, "Is that Esau, my son?" He said, "Yes, it's me." Presented the food to the father. The father ate the food. You know, taught his body, and Esau was hairy. And then they found the hair to have, you know, mascara and pancake and everything, just to make everything work. You know, put everything there. Jacob got the blessing, and it looked like Esau was finished. Jacob got the blessing. Jacob getting the blessing when you put it on the side of Esau. It looked like missed opportunities. It looked like what irresponsible behaviors cause us sometimes. But the story has not ended. The story has not ended. Can you rewrite your story? It's very possible. It's very possible. So the fact that your life seems to be headed in a certain direction doesn't mean that you cannot change it. That's what I'm saying. And at the beginning of a year, it's a good time to start to think about how to redirect destiny. That's why we're discussing this this morning as we start this series. The beginning of the year, a new season, is a good time to start to think about how to redirect destiny. So, let me go back to the scripture. So in Genesis 27, when you read from verse 34, you see the story. The scene started to unfold. Esau came back 
Isaac announced to Esau, your brother has taken the blessing. So when Esau heard the words of his father, Genesis 27 verse 34, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. I speak over someone here this morning. In 2018, you will not cry bitter cry. You will no longer miss opportunities. I cannot hear your amen. Amen. Said he cried with great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? Jacob meaning some supplanter, cheat, in our own client, 419. That's what it means. Supplanter, a cheat. It says, for he has supplanted me these two times. Took the birthright, then he took the blessing. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? A one blessing. There's power in one blessing. (laughs) Then Isaac answered and said to him, Indeed, I've made him your master because of the blessing I've given him. And all his brethren I have given to him as servant. With grain and wine, I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? Ah! Before I read further, (laughs) I need to, to say one or two things here. You need to know where Esau was coming from. Esau believed that at a point, everything was just going to work out for him. But all of a sudden, because of his bad attitude, because of his complacency and irresponsibility, that many people, God has given great opportunities in marriage, one or two acts of indiscretion and irresponsibility will mess the top. But you can change the story. Can I get an amen to that? Many people have had opportunities in career. But irresponsible behavior, you lost the opportunity. Many people have had opportunities in business. But when money started to come, money took over your mind. What was supposed to be your servant became your master. And then the business came crumbling. There's still another opportunity. Opportunities are never ending with God. That's why he's a God of new beginnings. And I want to assure somebody here this morning that as we go into 2018, you have to go with the right attitude and push back on all the irresponsible behaviors of the past. Because God wants to do something new in your life. You have to be a person that believes in possibilities. Because something happened to Esau here. All of a sudden, this missed opportunity and this pain and agony pushed Esau to a point where he started to see possibilities. A man of complacency became a man that started to have, you know, value for let, 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 let me share with us a few things that happened to Esau here. Esau all of a sudden started to believe in possibilities. There's still one blessing for me. 
one blessing. He believed it could still be made strong, that things can still be uh, uh, rearranged. So, he's here agonizing for missed opportunity. That agony for missed opportunity pushed Esau to believe that there's still a way and he refused to throw in the towel. Is there anyone here this morning who agonized in 2017? Let not the agony push you into despondency. Let it push you into possibilities. Yeah. There's godly sorrow that yields repentance. <laughs> repentance is possibilities. I'm better than this. I can still engage with God. Yeah, things can still turn around, around my life, around my marital destiny, around this business, around my spiritual life. I'm not going to hell. Yeah, there's still a blessing that is still available. All of a sudden, Esau started to have hunger and passion for opportunities. Before now, opportunities were passing him by. He was just looking. I mean, you know how the opportunity of bad try. That one is always just, you know, I'm always annoyed when I read it. Yeah, how the opportunity of bad try just passed him. You know, there's a way, you, there's a kind of attitude you can have in life. Opportunities will be passing you. You won't see opportunity. Opportunity will not see you. That would not be your portion in 2018. I mean, how can the opportunity of a battery just walk past Esau like that? And he was talking rest to you. We are discussing destiny. You are discussing your proclivities. You are exalting appetite over and above issues of destiny. Yeah. Is an Esau of a man or a woman who exalts the sanctity of marriage and marital harmony, or put marital harmony down and put his appetite for sex up. And says, I don't care what happened in this marriage. So far, I can fix myself. Yeah. So I fix myself regularly. And whatever happened to marriage, you know, that, those are the things that God wants to turn around. I can go on and on, but time is not on my side. So we need to understand this thing that it's a bad way to live. Some people here have been there. Many waters have gone under the bridge, but I'm telling you that in 2018, God is rewriting the story. Yes. I said God is rewriting the story. Yes. So it's society to develop hunger and passion for new opportunities. Now he understood that you don't have to wait for opportunities. You can go after them. Yeah, because he was the one pressing. I mean, it was his father that called him. In his right sense, when his father was going deep and old, and he couldn't see very well. Is he not the one that should be saying, Baba, release this sinner? I mean, if I was this, I'd say, ah, yes, sir. You, can, you know you can pay me anytime, so just release. <laughs> just release this thing. His father had to call him. You see how... How complacent he was. They had to call him to say, uh, bring something. What happened to him that he didn't have enough sense to focus on his opportunity, prepare the food, put it in the freezer, if they have freezer those days. <laughs> so that the moment the father says, before the father says anything, he says, sir, you know, something is there. Anytime, you are ready. I just bring it out. Just, just prophesy. Just say the blessing. 
Are you still with me this morning? Yeah. But this time, Esau was the one saying, you still have one blessing. And he was crying, asking for it. He was never that kind of person. But all of a sudden, he became a different kind of person as grace came upon him in his moment of agony. He became a different kind of person. He became somebody who was, uh, was really going after this thing. Number three was that Esau started to develop respect for little things. Because he said, even if it's just one blessing, I don't need 1,000 blessings. I know Jacob had just one, one blessing, one blessing, one blessing, one blessing. He's a type of a person, he's a person who has no respect for little opportunities, little things, you know. He said, now one, one is okay for me, sir. One, just one, just one, just one blessing. Glory be to Jesus. And that one blessing is what I want to bring up. As I start to tie this all up, I want to bring up that one blessing. Let's go back to that scripture. Genesis 27. Uh, I think verse 39 or so, where were we? 38. And he said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, oh my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Verse 39. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Look at this. Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the heart and the dew of heaven from above. Two things there. Number three, by your sword, you will live and you shall serve your brother. When you read this, it doesn't sound like a blessing. Yeah, it sounds like struggle and servitude. Well, look at the last one. And it shall come to pass. Somebody say it has come to pass. Come on, say it again. Say it has come to pass. He said, and it shall come to pass when you become restless that you will break his yoke from off your neck. In the year of strength, in the day where God has made you strong, one translation says, when your neck becomes fat, it will break out. That is the window of opportunity left for Esau. Yeah. One window of opportunity left for Esau. That one window of opportunity. When you grow restless, you will break the yoke from your neck. Can I quickly say this? What is a yoke? A yoke is a condition or situation that is oppressive and burdensome. <laughs> That negates destiny, pushes one in a different direction. The yoke restricts movement and can force your life in an undesirable direction. Yeah, that's 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 a yoke. And in the agrarian age where they lived, they had no serious mechanized farming, just some tools, and animals. So you see, when two animals are yoked together, what you get is that thing on the neck that connects them together. It restrains them to go in the same direction. It puts them in an uncomfortable situation where they cannot make their own decision as to where to go. 
it hooks them together. All through the Bible, you see the story of Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was calling Elisha, Elisha was farming with 12 yokes of oxen. Yeah. That's what makes you a big man in their own days. But the yoke on the neck of the animal. And that was what Isaac said about Esau. That a yoke is upon your neck and you need to break it off. You need to break it off. Several things could constitute yokes in our lives. One, wrong belief system. What prevailing mindset do you have that could be running or clouding your perspective to life? E.g., I mean, a broken a person from a broken home may just have a belief system that marriages don't work and that there's something that uh, has plagued our family so we won't stay in, you know, we won't enjoy marriage. It's, it's, that's a yoke. You need to break it off. You need to break it off. Another example of a yoke is bad experiences. The inability to recover from the effects of a bad or negative experience can constitute a yoke or restriction on your life. Just your inability to recover from a negative experience. What negative experience is still holding you back? Is it business? Is it, is it sin? Is it marriage? Whatever. Don't let it become a yoke. Because it keeps telling you, don't move because if you move, you get burnt. Just because of one negative experience. I tell people from time to time, when you experience failure in life, you need to tell yourself, I'm not the one that failed. The event failed. Because I'm a success in my DNA. Yeah. Events can fail, but I'm a success going somewhere to happen. And that's why I'm going to try again. That's why I'm going to yank the yoke from off my neck. Because a bad experience will not become a yoke over your life. Third one is predetermined paths. Predetermined paths that the son of a pastor must be a pastor. It's a yoke. Yeah. It's a yoke. That because uh, your father is a medical doctor, you have to be a medical That's a yoke. When there are predetermined paths, it constitutes a yoke in the life of people. Is somebody sit with me this morning? And people give all kinds of excuses. Like I was saying in the first service, some people in our nation, for instance, let's say, predetermined part. Everybody who has made it in your family has had to escape abroad. And the moment they get there, they arrange your own, whether legally or illegally. Yeah, God understands. That's what they say. You just have to land here so that your destiny can shape up. And it's a lie. Because if your destiny is here, and you go on that predetermined path, a servitude for life. And that's how some people are living right now. Yeah. That's the kind of yoke that came on the neck of all these people that are bringing back from Libya. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Because for, for a lot of them, they have no business going to Europe. I know the economic situation is very harsh, but there's a place that is called there. <laughs> when God spoke to Elijah, he said, go to Zarephath. I commanded a widow there to feed me. Yeah. Go to the brook, tear it. There will be a raven there to feed you. The famine is, was not enough to kill the prophet or anyone that is under God. 
Because there's a there, a place for you. Don't run out of God's path for your destiny and going under a predetermined path that somebody has set for you. Yeah. There are families where everybody has a path. They just do, 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 and escape. Yeah. And everybody, like I said, they're organizing for you. Watch out. Your destiny may be different. Yeah. The fact that somebody did a shady deal to send you to school does not mean you have to do the same shady deal. Yeah. They said, this is what we do. Is that not what I used to send you to university? That somebody has, a, I mean, that, those are some of the excuses people give in our nation. Somebody has a sister that's a harlot and use money from prostitution to, to fend for you, and so you have to join the trade. Somebody say, God forbid. Predetermined path can become a yoke. Last one is current realities. Sometimes current realities constitute a yoke. I'm indebted, uneducated, came from a poor family. I missed opportunities. Yeah. Temperament. These are current realities. It's because I am not a socialite. That's where opportunities are passing. You know, I can't really talk. Open your mouth. <laughs> Break the yoke. That's what I'm saying this morning. Yeah. Yeah. When people are networking and uh, you say, uh, you know, I'm a melancholy. So you can create a window of one hour to practice sanguine for destiny's sake. You can be melancholic all your life, but when destiny beckons, smile. Talk. Shake hands with people. Connect. When you get back home, do melancholy. Glory be to Jesus. Extremely important that we understand that God wants to break every yoke in this new year. Let's wrap it all up this morning. Go back to that scripture. Genesis 27. Let me pick the last verse there and wrap this all up. Glory be to Jesus. I'm waiting for you. Genesis 27. Go back to there. The last verse. So he said in verse 40, by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother, and it shall come to pass when you become restless, that you shall break his yoke from off your neck. When you become restless. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27, he said it shall come to pass in that day, that the burden shall be removed from off your shoulders, and the yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be dis- destroyed because of the anointing oil. It talks about strength that God gives to tear something out. So, Isaac said, you will enjoy of the fatness of the heart. He talks about natural resources, the fatness of the heart. You didn't put it there, you just met it there. And then, of the dew from heaven, which talks about God's favor. Yeah. But he said, the last thing that you will get is when you become restless. If not, it will be servitude. But opportunities can be restored. He said, when you become restless. To be restless there, when you check uh, the, in the Hebrew text, uh, the root word there, it, it, it talks about to be troubled, to be on your toes, to move from place to place, not to stay in one place, to agitate for opportunities, and 
it talks about gaining dominion or control of destiny. That's what restlessness means. That was how Jacob lived. Yeah. He was on his toes. He said, when you become restless, I pray that as the strength of God comes upon somebody here in 2018, there will be divine restlessness upon your soul. You will not stay in the same place. You will watch out for opportunities. You will break yokes from off your neck. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everyone who has overstayed in the same place, on the same job, in the same location, keeping something small, when destiny is big, I pray over you this morning, as you step into 2018, yokes are breaking. Receive strength to break limitations. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I said receive strength to break limitations. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Part of the reason why we need to pray for our nation this new year is that when you think about Nigerian situation, is a yoke. Yeah. How can you have a farm? You have raw materials. You produce it. Yeah? That's what we do with our oil. You now supply an eatery, maybe KFC. And then because you refuse to fix the cooker in your own house, you go back there to eat morning, day, and night and pay. So they buy your tomatoes and your maize very cheap. And then you go and pray because you are sitting under their AC and you know all that and they serve you. Yeah. Brother, fix your cooker. Fix your cooker. It's a yoke when we behave like that. As a nation, that's how we behave. Like Esau. I pray this morning that every yoke is breaking. That strength is coming upon someone. In the name of the Lord Jesus. By the time you get to Genesis 33, I wanted to read it when you get home. Jacob and Esau had an encounter. Jacob and Esau had gone apart for many years. They now had wives and children. They met. Jacob was coming back home. Esau went to meet him on the road. Jacob packed gifts and all his children and wives sent them ahead. By the time Esau saw all the gifts, Esau said, my brother, what do you mean by all this? He said, I, I brought it to you. He called him master. I said, you are my master. My Lord, take it. Esau said, I don't need anything from you. I don't need anything from you. <laughs> I've been made big. I've been made strong. Yeah, the yoke has been removed from off my neck. Esau didn't need anything from him. That would be somebody's testimony. Here. In 2018, you will unless every opportunity. You maximize every opportunity. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the hold of complacency is broken over your destiny. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the hold of irresponsible behavior is broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus, an appetite will not deny you of your glorious destiny. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I prophesy strength into your spirit, strength into your mind, strength in your emotions, restoration of opportunities. In the name of the Lord Jesus, open heavens, open doors, doors of nations, doors of cities, doors of states. Open unto you 
In the name of the Lord Jesus, you will not remain small. In the name of the Lord Jesus, my God is giving you strength. Strength against every weakness. Strength to break every yoke. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You're blessed this morning. Put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Wave your hands to the way you make Say with all that's about, can I say a last prayer for anyone?